Um, and there was a bath. I was amazed. I've never seen a bath in a suite, ever. I thought they, uh, they, you'd only ever get a bath in a suite. So, yeah, to have a bath in an inside stateroom, that was just something else. DCL Duo fans, we want to take a minute to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacations and love the experience and service we get from our travel specialist at Touring Plans Travel and know you will too. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, Disney vacation, or really any cruise or land-based vacation, head over to touringplans.com travel for a free quote. Let them know that the DCL Duo sent you to help support our show, but we're confident that you are going to have the same great experience that we do when we use Touring Plans Travel. So thanks Touring Plans Travel for sponsoring the show and now on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast. And we're coming to you from our Polynesian recording studios at the <laughs> beautiful Aulani Resort and Spa in Oahu, Hawaii. But we are going to travel halfway around the world to the United Kingdom this well, this evening, it's morning for us and evening for Jenny, but we're going to travel halfway around the world to the United Kingdom to talk to Jenny, who just got off her first Disney cruise, a UK staycation cruise. So I want to start by welcoming to our show, Jenny. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, Brian. Hi, thanks for inviting me onto your show. It's great to chat to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And now you have an alter ego, Jenny, online that I want to make sure we get in there so folks know who you are. So do you want to tell folks where you can be found online? That's right. Yeah. So I have a blog called Cruise Mummy. As I'm from the UK, it's spelled M-U-M-M-Y rather than uh, the mummy way that you'd obviously spell it. Um, so that's cruisemummy.co.uk. Um, and you'll also find me over on Instagram at, at Cruise Mummy. So I like to blog about all things family cruising and, and you know, lots of, of other cruise related things as well. Yeah, yeah, we love it. Yeah. And so we're going to start our show as we always do, Jenny, with uh, folks' Disney background, or in your case, Disney background, and perhaps general cruising background, because you're a very prolific cruiser. And so let's tell folks how, like, what's your connection back to Disney? Have you been to the parks? And then what your cruising experience has been like? I have. So I've not been to the parks many times. I went um, in Florida when I was a child. Um, and then I went again as an adult, probably about 15 years ago, uh, to Disney in Florida. And then two two or three years ago um we took the kids to disneyland paris which was amazing um and then yeah this was our first ever disney cruise my kids are four and six now so i just thought that they were the the perfect age to experience a disney cruise for the first time oh my gosh absolutely really any kids older than i would say three i think younger than three is just kind of hard because one they're not going to remember anything and you know, they're still, you know, maybe, maybe in diapers. And so there's, you know, limited stuff that they can do, but, um, yeah, amazing for kids of really any age, including us adults, kids, (laughs) (laughs) kids at heart. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that I realized on this cruise, there's a lot of people without children and it's amazing for adults as well, isn't it? You know, with the quiet cove pool and the nightclub and everything. I had no idea that, a Disney cruise could be so good um, as an adults-only vacation. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely learned something there. Yeah, and Jenny, how many cruises have you been on outside of Disney? Um, I'm not sure. I don't keep track because um, <laughs> I think it feels like I've had more cancelled than I've actually been on. 
I know I've booked <laughs> a lot of cruises. I'd say it was somewhere around the kind of 10, 12 mark, something like that. Okay. And which which cruise lines have you experienced? Um, so I've been on MSC cruises, P&O cruises. That's a, a British cruise line. Royal Caribbean, Norwegian cruise line. I think that's it off the top of my head. Uh, but I also, I used to work in marketing for a cruise travel agent. So I was really lucky that I got to uh, look around lots of different cruise ships. So go on board for day visits or sometimes an overnight stay. So I have experienced um, a few more cruise lines, some of the ultra luxury ones like uh, Silver Sea, for example, which I would never cruise on myself, but it's lovely to go on board and have a little look around when I had that opportunity. And what kind of itineraries have you sailed before? I've done a couple in the in the Bahamas and the Caribbean. So our first, my first cruise actually was for our honeymoon. Um, that was in the Caribbean. Um, and then a few around the Mediterranean and then, yeah, Northern Europe. Yeah, a bit of a mixture, really. I've been desperate to get to Norway. I keep booking Norway, but that's not happened yet. But that's on the list. That's where we're headed next September. We're, we're going to fly over to London and sail on one of the Disney ships out of, well, Disney Magic out of, uh, out of uh, Dover. 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 I keep yeah. reading the Dover. Well, when we say you just experienced your first Disney cruise, we're not kidding because you literally set foot off the boat this morning with your family. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. so this, what, what was the, uh, when did this cruise leave and how long was it and where did it leave from, Jenny? So it was a three night cruise from Liverpool um, in the UK. So what's, what's happening at the moment with Disney Magic from the UK? She started sailing um, about a month ago, I'm sure you'll know. And then she's sailing on British Isles cruises um, until October. So these are just for UK residents um, and they don't have any ports of call and they're all two, three and four night cruises. So we did the three night cruise from Liverpool, which was really, really handy for us because it's only an hour away from where I live. And normally we can never cruise from Liverpool because they don't have cruises going from there. We'd have to go to the south of England, which is about a five hour drive. So yeah, to be able to cruise from Liverpool was just amazing. Yeah, because I think Liverpool is a stop on some of the, in, in normal times, in non-COVID times, Liverpool is a stop on Disney's UK, you know, British Isles cruise. But you're right, it's a day stop. It is not a, a place where they embark or, or disembark typically. So that's Yeah, it's super because the, the cruise terminal is really small at Liverpool, so it can't handle guests getting on. It can just handle, you know, people getting off for a day visit. Um, so what they did was we got on at this, um, well, we all checked in at an, an arena, which was about half a mile away, and then got on a coach to the ship. So they made it work that way. Well, that, that's a good question. What was the, well, let's back up for a second. What was the booking process like for you, Jenny? Over here, we're going to be starting back to cruising on the 9th with the Dream. And the booking process has been modified for us to include, you know, some extras through the Disney site and then also a third party site to upload vaccination status and uh, testing and stuff like that. What was it like over there in the UK booking? Was it similar to that or different? It was a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet. Disney, Disney IT is infamous. Yeah. yeah. Well, and honestly, our process was not smooth. It was not, um, it was a little bit onerous. So yeah, I'm curious to hear what it was like there. Yeah. So the cruises went on sale, I think at the end of April. Normally, Disney cruises, you can only take, you know, seven night cruise from Dover and there's not many of them. But because it's an opportunity with these shorter cruises they were a lot cheaper and so there was obviously a lot more interest than normal so everybody who wanted to cruise i think we went on sale at was it 5am we all got up at 5am went online to try to book it 
Um, and yeah, the website is just crashing. Everyone's trying to book it. And because I think I found Disney to be really unusual is that they don't make you pay a deposit straight away, do they, when you book? You can book it and not pay anything. So I think people were just booking whatever they could. People were just, even at one point, I, I saw a balcony come up. I was like, right, I'm, I'm booking that because there's been nothing booked that. And then kept watching because I knew I couldn't afford the balcony. And then I swapped it for an outside and then kept watching and swapped it for um, an inside cabin, which was more in my price range. And yeah, I think it, it felt like it was like a whole day. Okay, I know some people were trying to book with travel agents and they were having trouble because they couldn't get through on the phone and the systems weren't working. So yeah, it was stressful. But then we finally, we finally got it booked. So that was, that was very exciting. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I will say Disney, as Brian said, Disney IT is sort of known for being horrendous. The website crashes when they have a, a big influx of people booking. That's well, very typical. Yesterday we were we were trying to book dining for an upcoming trip we have to Disney World, and it was like three different devices, and we finally got on the right internet connection and start working. So yeah, I can, yeah, it I kept can crashing. Imagine. Yeah, um, yeah, we had yeah, the same issue with the dining as well because we had to book that um, thirty days before. So it was the same thing. Everybody get up at five a.m. as well because we'd heard that if you well, there was a dining to book. There was the embarkation time. There was the place in the kids' club to reserve because they were all set sessions. So everyone who was on the cruise was on the computer at 5 a.m. I was on the computer from 5 a.m. till 8 a.m. trying to get it all sorted. It was it was mega stressful. Um, not ideal. They do need to sort out the IT, don't they? We, I mean, we were just really surprised that a company like Disney, which is the onboard experience, is obviously fantastic out of this world. They just need to sort out the IT system, don't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Feed the hamsters a little bit more, I think. Uh, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is funny. It is it is one of those things that's unusual because it seems like a lot of the other cruise lines actually have that IT system worked out really well. And so it is it is surprising that Disney, a company as, as big as it is and as broad as it is, and as, as you said, perfect um, when it comes to onboard service and all of that, it, it's kind of amazing. Mm, yeah, it's just like night and day, isn't it? The difference between the, you know, the experience that you get up until the day you cruise, and then it all just switches and then everything is perfect. Yeah. After yeah. That. yeah. What were the vaccination and testing requirements for getting on board? Um, so everybody has to be double vaccinated, everyone who's over 18 and then tested at the terminal. And then for children, they had to do a PCR test five days before. We had to send that off. We had to pay for that. That was £70 per child. That's about $100, I think. And then tested again um, at the terminal before we boarded. Okay. So everyone was quick tested at the terminal, even even if you had been vaccinated. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So slight, slightly different than what we're going to experience here because vaccination status here will allow you to bypass any testing ah, um, okay. which is interesting but yeah. children who are not vaccinated so or anyone who's not vaccinated will have to do that that same five-day pcr testing and the quick test at yeah, the board. I, so that part's the same i'll actually be curious to see if disney starts requiring testing even for vaccinated folks given the sort of the breakthrough with infections the we're seeing with delta yeah. so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens so was the process that you had to upload your vaccination status ahead of time in some way? And um, I'm also curious, Jenny, over here, they've started the process of uh, uploading photos for passports and onboard security accounts and things like that. Did they have you do that as well? 
Yeah, so we had to upload everything before. So on the 30 days before the cruise, when I was doing this for, for three hours, that was another thing we had to do. We had to upload the photos. So yeah, that was a drama because it, I kept having to pick different photos because it said face not detected, or it's too dark, or it's too light, all these things. <laughs> I was like, all the photos I've got in the phone. Um, of you know my husband and the kids trying to find one that was just perfect that it would accept <laughs> so we had to do that um we had to go onto the um the uk government website and download a pdf of our vaccination certificates and upload that as well and then we had to yeah the the private company that we did the kids pcr test through we had to add that proof in the disney app as well so yeah there was an awful lot of admin to do i mean totally worth it but yeah a lot of admin there, there was points when I was thinking is this is this worth it is this gonna happen (laughs) I don't know if you saw but I had an absolutely massive drama the day before no no what happened so in the UK we've been encouraged to download an app on our phone I don't know if you've got something similar it's a government app um, and it's it's meant to use your bluetooth to see if you've been near anybody else who then gets um, diagnosed with covid have you got something similar there or not we, there, there, there are have few, been, but there are a few floating around, but we haven't. They haven't been widely adopted here. So this app, it's um, it's been in the news a little bit because it's it's kind of it's ruining things for people because people are getting pinged to say that they've been near someone and then they have to isolate and then people can't go to work and then because so many people can't go to work, it's meant that there's you know food can't get into supermarkets, for example, because the delivery drivers are all at work. It's been a bit of a, a trauma, but you, um, it's not mandatory that you have to have the app it's voluntary so I had the app on my phone didn't think anything about it and then 24 hours before we were due to get on the cruise it came up with a notification it said you have been near someone who's tested positive for coronavirus you must isolate for five days and I was like what I'm getting on a cruise tomorrow so I was just absolutely devastated thought that's it we can't cruise. So I rung Disney, told them what's happened. They said, no problem. It's fine. We'll cancel it for you. We'll give you a full refund. I was crying on the phone to them. So they cancelled it all. And then quite a few people got in touch with me over Facebook and over Instagram and said, it's not mandatory to isolate. The, the government make it sound like it's mandatory, but it is actually voluntary. You don't have to. So I looked into it a little bit more and I thought, well, they're right because it's, it's voluntary to have the app. Uh, if I hadn't had the app, I would never know that I'd been near someone. Um, and also the app isn't very good. It doesn't really know if you're one meter away or 10 meters away from someone. So I rang, um, I rang Disney back a couple of hours later and I explained everything what had happened. And I was on the phone to them for an hour. And then they said, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, you can cruise. We'll, we'll sort your booking out. We'll put everything back on. I was like, oh, wow. what? Oh, <laughs> oh. It was a real, real roller coaster before the cruise. Yeah. Wow. I, that would be, I can't even, like we, we were just, uh, you know, we, when we come to Hawaii, we had to get our son tested, uh, within three days. And I was, it was a nail biting experience. Like we, we got him one test and they called or we called in the day after he got tested to get his test results. And the woman said something like, don't shoot the messenger. And I was like, Oh my God, my, my heart just, I was like, he's going to have a positive test. And she's like, we had an insufficient sample size, so we couldn't run the test. And I was like, okay, well, that's annoying, but better than what I thought it was going to be. And then we just, we got him a new test. But yeah, yeah, we had to, but we had to go and, you know, obviously scramble to find another testing location and, um, and one that would come back in time, thankfully. So this was a 72 for Hawaii. It's a 72 hour requirement, not a five day requirement. So you have a tighter window. That's really small, isn't it? To get the results back. And, yeah. yeah. 
Well, so Jenny, let's talk about, so you, you overcame the, the hurdle here. You, you showed up at the port. What was the, what was the port check-in experience like? I mean, you've uploaded almost everything. So I'm wondering what do they actually do at the port beyond the test? Not a lot, really. Um, yeah, we went in, we got the test, and then we all sat and waited for half an hour for the results. Um, and the results came by email. So I was just refreshing my email constantly <laughs> waiting for the results. <laughs> um, and then the results came through. And then we went and got straight on the coach, and the coach took us to the ship. And that was it. Yeah, it was really quick and easy because, yeah, like you say, they had everything already. Yeah. Was, was there any lines or anything? I'm assuming you got your key to the world card at the arena as well. No, that was in the that was outside our stateroom. Oh, oh, so your 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 key your key to get in your stateroom was just outside your stateroom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh wow, wow. that's that's yeah. a different process. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's actually that's actually not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah that's how did how did the kids do with the testing? Was that you know? I mean, obviously your kids are young, and there's a lot of other kids around. I assume traveling on on this cruise. Did everybody do okay with the testing? Was it? Yeah, you know, they're used to it because they've been tested quite a few times before um, because every time they have, you know, a cough or a cold or an ear infection, they get a temperature and then they have to be tested to go back to school. So, you know, they've been tested enough times for that. They're, they're kind of used to it and, and they were fine. Yeah. Well, I guess let's let's talk about what's masking like right now where you live and then is it similar to what you experience at the at the cruise terminal and on the ship? So it was probably about a week ago, actually, that they changed the rules in the UK um, and they said that nobody has to wear masks anywhere. So masks have been mandatory in indoors in public places for oh, a long time, at least a year. And they've just got away with that rule. But here, I think I went to the supermarket today and I'd say about 80 percent of people still wearing a mask in the supermarket just because people uh, you know, feel safer. So, you know, we're all used to it. And so in, I'm assuming same as we're going to experience here, you wore masks indoors on board, unless you were in a dining room or the pool deck, basically. Yeah, that's it, really. Anytime that we were indoors walking around indoors, um, yeah, sitting in a dining room or sitting in a bar while you're drinking, you can take off your mask. We did go in the movie theater last night, actually, to watch the new Jungle Cruise. And there was hardly anyone in there. So everyone was at least six or 10 feet away from each other. But they said, no, you have to wear your mask throughout the movie, which I thought was a bit odd, a bit much, but, you know, I can kind of see why. Um, but yeah, everyone followed the rules. No problem. Didn't see anyone really, you know, not wearing a mask when they should be. Didn't see anyone with the noses out of the mask. Everyone did it properly. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Do you have any um, understanding about whether or not most of the folks on the cruise were first-time cruisers with Disney or repeat cruisers? As you said earlier in the show, we this was sort of an opportunity for Disney to kind of tap into the UK market perhaps more than they normally do because they don't really have a lot of cruises that come out of the UK. Did you get any sense of whether or not they were new new Disney cruisers or repeat Disney cruisers? I would say that Almost everyone was probably a new Disney cruiser. And I'd say that most people probably hadn't ever cruised at all before. I think a lot of people were probably Disney fans, uh, maybe been to Disneyland Paris, um, you know, maybe been to the United States to go to Disney maybe once or, or twice before. But yeah, I think there were a lot of a lot of cruise newbies. Yeah, because it's it's the first time it's been in a lot of people's budgets. I mean, although it's still a Disney cruise is, you know, two or three times as expensive as any other cruise uh, for us. So, yeah, to be able to go for, for two or three nights instead of a week just makes it accessible to a lot more people. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was, it's a very smart tactic by Disney, frankly. Yeah. People addicted and then they'll all be, be booking again, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of newbie Disney cruisers, you and your family were one. And so I'm curious, what what did you think? I mean, the all-important moment, I think, is when you step on board the ship for the first time and you get to see the atrium. Hopefully, they had you board into the atrium, but I don't know. What, but what did you think stepping on board the ship the first time? Oh, it was just lovely. Yeah, it was brilliant. So we went on. We got on board and first we went into the D lounge and they helped us with the app to make sure that that was all working and we knew what we were doing with it, which I thought was really nice. And then we went through into the atrium and they said, oh, welcome to the Fielding family, as they do. And then, yeah, Mickey and Minnie were there on the stairs in the atrium and all the families, we all had a spot to stand on. Um, you can't go anywhere near the carrick. So we all had a spot to stand on and had sort of 10 families at once could wave and say hi to Mickey and Minnie. And then we went through to the next bit. So yeah, it was, it was magical. It was definitely worth the wait. Nice. Aww. Nice. Where did you go after the atrium, after the seeing Mickey and Minnie and having your name announced, which we love. That's a big moment always on a Disney cruise. Where they, where do they send you after? Is it to eat at Cabana's or someplace else? Yeah, we went straight to Cabana's after that. Yeah, sat down and had something to eat. And and how was I mean how was the uh, how was Cabana's as an experience? Uh, I'm assuming they had they had cast members serving the food. It wasn't just open buffet as normal, but yeah. Yeah, so they were serving the food. Um, that was the only time I went in Cabanas, to be honest. Uh, we just went in, in the dining rooms after that. So I'm vegan and my family are all vegetarians. And I've been, you know, gradually getting more vegan. I was always a vegetarian, and gradually getting more vegan um, over the years. And now I fully am. It used to be the case that I'd be vegan. And then when I went on a cruise, I'd just eat vegetarian food because it's easier. But I don't do that anymore. So I went to the buffet and had a look and nothing's labeled. So I was like, hmm, okay. So. I asked them, um, you know, can you tell me which of these things are vegan? Um, and they just said, oh, we, we don't know. We'll bring the head chef to speak to you. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Um, and he basically said, well, none of it is apart from the French fries, but we'll just make you a version of whatever you want, which I thought was amazing because especially in a buffet, to go and make something special for you, I just thought that was really good. He said, well, this, you know, this pasta's got butter in it, but I'll, I'll make some with oil instead. And they just... Just made a few different bits for me, which was nice. Nice. Yeah. Disney's kind of infamous for bringing the chef out to do, talk to anyone who has any sort of dining concern so they can, and then they, yeah, they go back, they, they prepare something fresh. So yeah, it's amazing. It's but, really amazing. But that's a good point you bring up. The buffet is probably not the perfect option. Uh, the dining room is probably a much better option for someone who has a significant food allergy or food restriction, like being vegan, right? But, there's, there's, but certain, Disney makes it work. No, they make, here, so. they make it work. It just means you're getting, you're waiting for your food and your family's eating versus in the dining room. You can, you can, because yeah. you're ordering, um, all together, you'll get your food at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's why we went in the main dining room after that, because the buffet is nice because it's quick, isn't it? And you can just pick what you want. Whereas if you then have to order it and say, can I have a portion of this and a portion of this and a portion of this and they bring it 20 minutes later. But in the, obviously in the main dining room, you don't mind that because you're all waiting anyway. Well, I, it's perfect segue to what what did you think about rotational dining and the three different dining experiences uh, on, board, on board the ship? Loved it because that's nothing that I've ever experienced before. So I heard about it before I went. But obviously other cruise lines don't do that. Um, and the fact that, yeah, your servers come with you every night. So, you know, you get to know them and, and chat to them every night. I just thought that was amazing. Absolutely brilliant. I think more cruise lines should follow suit and, and consider doing that. Yeah. yeah. 
what did you think about? Let's start with animators. That's a that's a famous fleet wide restaurant in terms of the experience. What did you think of the show and animators? Yeah, we went there first, and we were just blown away. Absolutely, yeah, it was amazing. I'm trying to remember which show it's it is. Animation magic, right? It's the dancing. You you draw your character, and then they dance yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, that's they don't point. have crush. I think on the magic and the wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was all new to us. We, we were drawing these characters on the piece of paper, and we didn't know why. Really, and then <laughs> saw them come up on the screen, and the kids were going, "Oh, that's my one!" Oh, absolutely <laughs> loving it. It's amazing. No. I know our first time doing it, I felt the same. It was so, it's just such a fun experience. Yeah. What, and did they have the show running in Rapunzel's? And what did, what did you think about Rapunzel's? Yeah, we went to Rapunzel's next. Absolutely love the show. I've been watching Tangled this afternoon, actually, with the kids. Mm, <laughs> <good. laughs> so much. Like, right, let's watch Tangled because we haven't actually seen it. Obviously, know the story of Rapunzel. But yeah, we watched that. Yeah. Just, just amazing, isn't it? It's just, it's just the whole experience. You don't just go for dinner, do you, with Disney? You go. For the whole experience. Yeah. Yep. That's the, that's really the, the difference I think. Cause you, you know, some of the other cruise lines have really nice food in the main dining room as well. I mean, I think Disney's is on par with, you know, perhaps not the luxury one like Viking, but certainly as good, if not better than its competitors in the same category. But Disney has the entertainment at dinner. The only, you know, negative is you don't have a lot of choices for dinner. What did what did you and your family think about that? Cuz I know some of the other cruise lines you have a lot more choices of where you can dine. Oh, I didn't mind that at all. No, cuz it's a different restaurant every night, isn't it? Well, we're on a three-night cruise obviously and then you'd you'd rotate, but yeah, absolutely fine with the with being told which which restaurants to go to. Um, one thing I will say though is that where other cruise lines often will either have a separate vegan menu or they'll have things marked as vegan, Disney didn't have any of that. So what I'd, ha- I'd have a look at the menu and then while I was looking at it, the waiter would be, you know, saying, "Oh, well, what we can do is we can we can make this for you," and he'd kind of tell me what I was eating each night. I didn't get. To, he'd say, "I'm I'm going to get this made for you. Is that okay?" And I'd say, yeah. So then that's what I get to eat. So it would have been nice to be able to look at a menu and say, oh, even if there's like two choices, so there's this one that I can read or this one and decide. But it's a bit more, this is what you're eating. I, I, I noticed as well, some of the, the things that he'd say, oh, there's, you know, things weren't marked on the menu as vegan or vegetarian and they actually were. Or it's a the little symbol in it say vegetarian slash lighter option. Then it has meat in it, so that doesn't help you at all because a vegetarian or lighter <laughs> is not the same thing. It's like saying no, it's, it's kind of might be vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> vegetarian ish, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. It's a s- salmon with rice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's either a lighter option or it's a vegetarian or it's both. But yeah, I thought that was <laughs> but we still ate well. We ate very well. I can't complain. Having sailed on other cruise lines, Jenny, how did the food quality compare to the other lines that you've been on? Um, I'd say similar, really. I think the presentation was what made it a little bit, gave it the edge because everything looks beautiful and, you know, you've got edible flowers on things and, you know, drizzle all over and, yeah, it looks beautiful. And, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say similar. It's always good food on cruises, I find. Um, never really had a bad experience food-wise. What about activities on board? What did you and your family particularly love or anything that uh, disappointed? Um, so my little boy absolutely loved the yellow slide. That was definitely the highlight of his trip. 
Oh my God, you're making us laugh because our seven-year-old boy loves the yellow slide too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you want to do now? He's like, can I go on the yellow slide? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so with the um, social distancing requirements, you couldn't just go on, on just get in and out of the pool or the hot tub. You had to queue for everything um, because they were limited how many num- how many people could go in. So I think there were maybe 15 people allowed in the pool at one time. Um, only one family allowed in the jacuzzis. Um, so to, if we wanted to go in the pool, we had to stand in line for about 30 minutes, which was okay. Um, it just meant that you could probably only go in the pool once and that would be it. So we couldn't really sit there and, you know, relax and watch the kids in the pool and enjoy the sun and go in and out as you wanted to. It was, you know, wait your turn and then go in. Well, I mean, it's it's different times, isn't it? And I'm sure that's not going to be forever. And if that's how they have to make it work for now, you know, that's what we have to do. So it was fine. Yeah, we, we really still enjoyed going in, in the pools. And, and that, uh, yeah, I, went, I did go on the big slide. That was scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a, so I haven't, we have not been on the magic yet, but I really want to yes, go on not. the big slide. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's the one, that's the one, one ship the we haven't four. made it on. Because oh. it's, it's, always, it's always in Europe most of the year. So, um, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Janine, there was a question that I forgot to ask up front that uh, is sparking my mind now, which is, did you have a sense of the capacity on board the ship? And and just being on board, did it feel full or did it feel empty? I believe it was 50% capacity. I'm not 100% on that, but I I think it was 50% capacity because I think that's the rule that the UK government had in place, um, is that if everyone's fully vaccinated, all adults are fully vaccinated, then ships can sail at 50% capacity. Um, and I think that's kind of what it felt like as well when we were in the dining room. Sort of, the tables seemed a little bit, you know, six feet in between each table. I think they must have took some of them out, and there were a few kind of chairs um, extra around the edge. So I think it was fifty percent. Yeah, okay. yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, on the pool deck, you couldn't get in and out of the pool, but you could you could just sit up there all day if you wanted to. Or were they limiting capacity? Oh yeah, absolutely. Loads of sun lounges. Yeah, no problem with that. Yeah. What about other onboard activities that you and your family may have done? Did you do any of the uh, the onboard family activities together, the trivia or stuff in the D lounge? I don't know what they had running. Yeah, we did a lot of crafts. Um, my daughter loves crafts, so whenever that was uh, was on the itinerary, she she always wanted to do that. And yeah, we had a little look in the D lounge and. Um, I had a little go of the trivia. I didn't do too well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard. And there's some really hardcore Disney fans that participate in those trivias. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the show, obviously, um, in the theater. Disney Dreams. Oh, yeah. I was wondering which show they did. Okay. How, what did you think of Disney Dreams? Oh, so good. I think it was the best show that I've ever seen on a cruise. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Uh, we actually, I'm trying to remember. Yes, we have seen that one. I had to, I had to think, but I think they revamped it. So I think it's actually, I think they've updated it a little bit. So we probably haven't seen the current version of it, but yeah, we've seen that on the, I think on the fantasy. Yeah. And how, how do they handle the show, Jenny? They've said over here, they're going to run it one show multiple times. And we've just been curious, did they have like matinees of the show or was it run multiple times in the evening? How did they, how did they run it? Yeah, so it was just the one show and it was on three times a day. So originally they had everyone booking a show time, which was one of the things that we had to do before, 30 days before. Um, and then I was in a, a Facebook group with other people on the same cruise and people were panicking because they hadn't managed to get a seat for the show and they thought that they weren't going to get to watch it. 
And then a few days before the cruise, they said, no, actually, we've we've cancelled all of your, your bookings for the show. You can just go to any that you want to now. And it, it, we've added a matinee, so it was on, on three times a day, which I think was just to do with the UK government. I think, you know, they kind of make the rules and, and the cruise lines have to fit around that. So uh, once those rules change, they're able to be a little bit more flexible. So the, the theatre for the show was, yeah, it was nearly full. People had to keep the masks on while we watched it. And we just had to leave one space between us and the next family. So, yeah, that was absolutely fine. That's actually fuller than I would have thought it would have been. Um, what Did your kids experience the kids club at all, Jenny? Did you have them in there? They did. They absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were they were they limited in the I think over here they're telling us book um you book in advance and then two and a half hours uh per day. Per day. Was it similar over there? Yeah, exactly the same. Okay. And could they go in more if they wanted to, or they was it a hard limit of two and a half hours? No, that was it. Yeah. It's an hour and a half on the first night and then two and a half hours for the other days. Okay. But but they enjoyed it, they had a good time? Oh, they absolutely loved it. I'm sure if they would have been able to go in there more, they would have just wanted to spend the whole time in there. <laughs> <laughs> now, what the important question, though, is what did you and your husband get to do while they were in the kids yes. club? Oh, so one night we went to Palo. Ah, um, I wanted to know if you experienced adult dining. Yeah. yeah, we had dinner in there. And then the other time was in the afternoon. So we just went in the quiet cove pool and we went down the big slide. Oh, fantastic. So what did, what did you think of the adult spaces on board then, Jenny? Yeah, what, what, in Palo especially, I'd love to hear what you thought of the food there. Oh, it was so good. So we had a reservation at 7.30 in Palo. So we took the kids um, in Rapunzel's at 10 past six and just to, you know, see the show in there and they had food. We tried not to eat anything. Now we dropped them off at the kids club, 7.30, we went in Palo and it was strange because we were the only ones in there. We had the whole restaurant to ourselves. I was really surprised and I asked like, is this normal? Like, why is there no one else here? And I think it's because it's a three night cruise and people want to experience the three main restaurants. So people have booked Palo for brunch, but no one had booked it for dinner. So it was just us. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm surprised that it was just the two of you, but I'm not surprised that it wasn't crowded because I was saying this to Brian just the other day because we are headed on a three night cruise on the Dream in just a couple of weeks in the Caribbean and or actually in the Bahamas. And I think Paulo dinner or Remy dinner will probably be very easy for people to get because there's only, like you said, there's only three nights, there's only three restaurants. And if you want to experience all three of the rotational restaurants and, and there's no feeding the kids in the, in the kids club. So there used to be, and I'm, I'm guessing they will eventually bring it back. You could actually take your kids to the kids club around, I think it's six and they would serve your kids just, you know, chicken fingers and French fries or something well, like that. Cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, your kids could eat dinner in the kids club. They had, you know, a few choices, chicken fingers, grilled cheese, that sort of a thing. And, um, but they're not doing any food in the kids club currently because of coronavirus. And so I, be, those things not being an option, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people are opting if they're going to do an adults only meal they're going to opt for the brunch and they um they used to pick up kids i forget which seating it was was it early both. seating it was both i think i thought it was only one but regardless one of at least one of the seatings they used to bring kids club counselors in and so they would feed the kids first in the dining room and then they could all congregate with a counselor a counselor would come around and take them to the kids club for you so you could finish eating your meal so yeah 
it just is going to take some time before some of those used to be normal things return. Yeah, definitely. But then I think in the meantime, for people who are cruising until then, I think the way that we did it to have, you know, just watch the kids eat and then and then go on our own. I think that worked perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great option. If you've got the early seating for dining, that's a great, a great way to do it. You can still have your adults only meal. I'd love to hear about the food and Paula, what you thought and how the experience was as a vegan eating in Paula. Was it different? I hope it was a little different than the main dining. I hope you had some more choices. (laughs) Um, Well, it was even though, yeah, we were the only ones in and it was, you know, I had a look at the menu and, and nothing's marked and you can't really tell if anything's vegan or not. And then the chef just came out and yeah, it's, it's similar. He just suggested things for each course. He said, I'd like to make you this. And then I'd like to make you this. And then I'd like to make you this. And, oh, okay. And then it was dessert. And I said, you know, what's dessert? And he said, oh, I'll surprise you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I didn't get any choice at all, but it didn't matter because I loved everything. So oh, okay, okay. good. Okay. I'd imagine if, if someone had a dietary requirement and they also was a bit of a picky eater and they didn't like certain things, um, I think they'd just be fine because you could just say, oh, well, I don't like mushrooms or I don't like asparagus and he'd just make something else. So it'd, it'd work fine either way. They'd, they'd basically just make whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And, and how was the, uh, I'm curious how the adults pool was. I'm, I'm suspecting I've heard that it's far less crowded in the adult areas of the ship right now, but did, was it, was it pretty quiet there? Were you able to just kind of hop in and out of the pool as you wanted or what was that experience like? Yeah, it was really quiet. There was only ever a couple of people in the pool, so there was no queuing. That was lovely, just get in and out. Um, there's a, the two jacuzzis there, and because you can only have one family in at once, we didn't get to go in because, you know, you're just kind of watching to see if anyone's going to get out, and then you can jump in, but then someone else will jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, you know, in the UK, the weather isn't always that warm, so you might not want to stay in the pool that long. People will just kind of sit in the hot tub for a little bit um but yeah it was it was it was lovely i think that afternoon when the kids were in the kids club it just it just goes so fast (laughs) and then then you're back to the family pool where you've got a queue and it's loud (laughs) we we forgot to ask you about your stateroom jenny so i um what time did you board the ship was your stateroom ready and what kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think so we boarded at 1 p.m and it was ready from 4 p.m um, so we brought, um, so the, the, the bags were checked in and the suitcases, they were outside the statement, but we bought, um, a backpack with 12 beers because you're allowed to bring your own beers, aren't you? And they're pretty heavy. So we thought, well, when we get on, we'll take the backpack and we'll just leave that outside our door. But they had, um, a thing across the barrier. So we couldn't even get to the corridor where our stateroom was to drop the bag off. So we're kind of stuck with that for a few hours. But yeah, once we, we then got in our stateroom, it was lovely. So. Yeah, we had a 11B grade inside stateroom um, and it's bigger and better than any inside stateroom I've seen on a, another cruise ship. I love that the sofa turned into bunk beds rather than beds coming down from the ceiling. That was amazing. I love that there's a curtain across um, so you can have a little bit of privacy. Once the kids are in bed, you don't have to disturb them. Um, and there was a bath. I was amazed. I thought that you'd only ever get a bath in a suite. So yeah, to have a bath in an inside stateroom, that was just something else. Yeah. yeah. Disney's staterooms, I have to agree with you there. Disney staterooms are just a cut above when it comes to 
the sleeping arrangements for the kids when it comes to the the, the split bath is is fantastic and having the actual bath is is really and great. They tend to get high marks on storage too. Like they, when they raise mm-hmm. their beds up high enough, you can slide your suitcases underneath. That was really kind of popular and yeah. sort of having to keep them in the closets and yeah. So um, the bed is so comfortable as well. I think it was the com- most comfortable bed I've ever stayed in. <laughs> <laughs> and so you didn't feel too cramped in there with the family, Jenny? No, I mean, we always have an inside cabin. Um, we're very much budget cruisers and I would rather have two cheap cruisers than one expensive one. That's the way I think about it. So yeah, we pretty much always have the inside. We, we don't mind uh, being cramped. We didn't have the split bathroom on ours because I believe that is um, one grade higher where you get that. So yeah. we didn't oh, have gotcha. the, the, you know, the single bathroom, but it was fine. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't spend much time in the room anyway. We never do. I was too busy. Yeah. yeah. In three days, you got to pack everything in. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't want to be wasting time in there. <laughs> yeah. In the room. <laughs> So one thing I will tell you is that the the having the hallway or the corridor to your room blocked is a normal thing. That's that's just what they do. Disney loves ropes. You got a rope drop. You everything. got a rope drop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they so. got they got ropes up at the pool here. Um, <laughs> well, so Jenny, a few a few general questions, um, I guess, get just to sort of you know benefit from your uh, cruise experience, but also just uh, on board as well. I'm curious, did you get a chance to, to talk to some of the other passengers on board and, uh, you know, hear how they were feeling about the experience? Not too much, you know. I think it's just because we were so busy all the time. And then also having the masks on and being distanced from people doesn't help. So, you know, it's it's a little bit harder to chat to people. So, you know, I had a chat to a few people like while we're in the pool because you don't have your mask on then. But yeah, I, I just generally find that wearing a mask just makes everyone a little bit less social, doesn't it? It does. It's because you can't even, I was thinking about this and just in the hallway in the hotel here at Aulani, uh, we were getting into an elevator and somebody else was in the elevator and he like made a joke to us. He's like, I'm smiling at you under my mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like when you can't see that friendly smile, it, it really di- kind of discourages you from making just casual conversation with other guests. And so it's, it is. It's very strange. It's it's very different because I feel like you you have you just are more likely to chat to someone when you see their smile. Definitely. I mean, you always smile before you start a conversation, don't you? And if if you look at someone and they don't smile, then you don't start the conversation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about the crew, Jenny? Did uh, did you get a chance to chat with any of them? How they seen? Were they excited to have guests back on board? And then did that seem genuine? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they all seemed really, really happy and just pleased to be back at sea. And I think they were all really excited as, as excited as well because they've been back for a few weeks. And then today, when all the guests got off in Liverpool, the ship is repositioning to Southampton, but they get two days off. Um, and they said normally they have guests on a repositioning cruise, but this one, they don't. So they've got two days and they said that they're allowed to go in the pools, they're allowed to go on the slides, they can explore the ship for two days. So I think that was something that they were really excited about and looking forward to, which was nice. I love that they get to do that every so often. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is really nice. How was your stateroom attendant and how were your how was your dining staff? What did you think of of them and sort of comparing to maybe other cruise lines that you've been on? How do you rate them, I guess? I, I think that everyone just goes above and beyond, don't they? The staff on cruise ships are always good and they're always friendly and welcoming but it was really like absolutely nothing was too much trouble and they'd just bend over backwards to do anything 
that they could do to make you happy. You know, you'd be eating your food and they'd come over and say, and rather than just say, is everything okay? Yeah. Say, is everything okay? Yeah. Can I get you anything else? Would you like some of this on the side? Would you like this? Yeah. Really, really good. I always love when they figure out, you know, well, it seems like, you know, night one, you ordered an iced tea with dinner. So on night two, I'll make sure there's an iced tea there waiting for you, right? Like those little, <laughs> just those little moments are just, you know, that's when you can tell that they're really going above and beyond, I think so. Jenny, um, I guess to wrap things up about the cruise, what what was, where's one thing that you think Disney really shined? Like what was, what really made the experience shine and where's uh, a place where you think Disney could do better. And let me say beyond kind of, I think you've mentioned the menu and the vegan, uh, you know, not identifying food and giving choice. Is there anything else where you think Disney could have just done something just a little bit better? I think once we got on the ship, everything was perfect. But just, yeah, everything before it, all the, the booking and I think all the computer systems, absolute nightmare. They need to sort that out. Yeah, it'll put people off. I wouldn't be surprised if people had, had got, so far and then cancelled it because of the experience that they had with the booking and the reserving things and then they've not because all the people you know most of them hadn't cruised with disney before i wouldn't be surprised if that experience had put people off and they hadn't actually gone through with the cruise because they wouldn't know that once you get on board everything's amazing yeah yeah Yeah. it kind of would turn yeah it would kind of turn you off and thinking oh if it's this big of a mess doing the booking it must be a mess being on the ship but they don't know the secret that it always is a mess before, but it's never a mess on. <laughs> yeah, that's something that, yeah, people need to know. Don't be put off by everything that happens before. Um, the area where what really shone for me, where it was special, is just how they think of absolutely everything. So, for example, come back into the room and the, the cable for my mobile phone, they've wound it around and put a little clip to keep it all together and keep it neat. I just thought the little details like that, it's just amazing that they were able to do little things like that. Yeah. I know. I love that too. (laughs) (laughs) It's those, like you said, it's those little things that you do notice, right? It's that mean sometimes even more than some of the bigger things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I lied because I had one more question, which was, which is just simply, so Jenny, would you sail on Disney again? I mean, the price is, is high and it sounds like you, you know, your, you said your philosophy was you'd prefer two cruises uh, over one expensive cruise. But I'm curious, did Disney change your mind on that? Would you look to sail on Disney again? So the last cruise that we took as a family, we had a 14 night cruise around the Mediterranean uh, with P&O cruises. And we went to about seven different ports of call around the Mediterranean. and. That 14-night cruise was cheaper than the three-night Disney cruise. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Of course, I really want to sail Disney again. But would I rather have a 14-night cruise than a three-night cruise? Absolutely. So it it all just comes down to price for me. But, I mean, I'm I'm very much at the budget end. Um, You know, I like to cruise as often as possible. Once a year won't go it for me. If I was happy to cruise once a year and I just wanted the best experience... Because I suppose the thing to think about, isn't it, is I know in the United States, people don't get a lot of vacation time from work. So if you've only got a week or two, you want that week or two to be the best. Whereas for me, as a self-employed blogger, I can take as much vacation time as I like, really. I'm really lucky in that respect. So I'd go for the uh, quantity rather than the quality. But I'm not saying that I wouldn't take it again, but it's just if you know, I don't know if it'll happen with the price. Yeah. Plus you're blogging for, you know, your that is your job. And so having the having the ability to blog about the cruises is probably key to you as well. 
Yeah, I don't think I'd, I'd be a very good cruise blogger if I only went once a year. No. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Although I've managed, to be honest, for the past year. <laughs> we did too. We started a we started a podcast in the middle of a pandemic. So right. there you go. A cruise, cruise, a cruise podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we make it work, don't we? Yes, yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have reached that point in our show, Jenny, where I'm going to throw it over to Sam for her favorite part, which is rapid fire. So Sam, you want to take it away? Yeah. So Jenny, these are your personal favorites, just kind of a quick take on, on things that you love. And I'm going to start it off with general Disney questions because we always love to hear what people's favorite Disney things are. And then I'm going to ask you some general cruising favorites. So my first question is, who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Uh, Woody from Toy Story. Love it. Favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Favorite Disney song? This is just going to sound like I'm obsessed with Toy Story. But um, You Got a Friend in Me was the, the song that we danced to as the first dance at our wedding. So it's got to be that one. Oh, that's really sweet. I love it. All right. This is a tough question. What is your favorite cruise line? Oh, I can't. I can't. Oh, do you know, I get asked that so much. I can't pick. I need to go on more cruises and decide. All right. Okay. Well, then my next question is, what is your favorite ship? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Ooh, questions. Do you know, it, it might be Disney Magic. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, a favorite onboard dining experience. So this could be on any cruise that you've been on, but what's sort of a, a favorite onboard dining experience? Animator's Palette. Yeah, that's a great one. Favorite onboard activity? Water slides. Awesome. Your favorite port? Now this could this can be just a port stop. It doesn't have to be a place you leave or or end at. Uh, perfect day at Coco Cay. Ooh, mm. we've heard that's wonderful. So you have to get you to Castaway Key for the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do need to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Favorite cruise itinerary? Um, Bahamas. Ooh. And my last question is bucket list cruise. You haven't cruised here yet, but you absolutely need to cruise to this location or this itinerary. Norway, definitely. Nice. Ah, we love it. Can you can you remind folks of your your um, Instagram and your blog? Yeah, my Instagram is my Instagram is at cruise mummy. That's mummy M U M M Y, and my blog is cruisemummy.co.uk. Well. Jenny, it's been fabulous hearing about your Disney Cruise Line experience, your first Disney Cruise Line experience. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that maybe you will uh, you will head out and sail on Disney again. Or actually, we'll keep our fingers double crossed that Disney brings the prices down to the point where you want to sail again. Because then we'll also be very happy about that <laughs> result. But um, <laughs> do you want to encourage our listeners out there to follow Jenny? Uh, she's got some great content. And we love, uh, we love reading her blog. We love following her on Instagram. So... Be sure to head over and check it out. But Jenny, thank you so much for coming on our show this evening. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for taking time out of your day as well while you're in Hawaii. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, we really do appreciate Jenny taking the time to come on our show the day after she and her family stepped foot off the Disney magic for the first time. 
what an amazing experience and what an interesting experience it would be to sail for the first time on Disney Cruise Line during this uh, during this period right now. These UK staycations are unique, uh, but it is a fun way to get a taste of the Disney magic and Disney Cruise Line. So I'm glad Jenny got to experience. Really appreciate her thoughts. She's got a blog post up right now with her thoughts also written up. So if there was anything that she didn't address in the show or we didn't cover that you wanted to read about, head over to her blog and you can read more about her experience on board Disney Cruise Line if you're thinking about taking one for the first time. So with that, we do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from user Stellant, who writes, love this podcast, exclamation point. Such a fun listen. Brian and Sam are a great duo. Their love and excitement for DCL and all things Disney keeps me wanting to hear more. Show topics are always interesting and their conversations with guests are great. I always look forward to new episodes. Well, thank you for that review. Again, the positive reviews really keep us going. Uh, this is a labor of love. We're not <laughs> we're not making any money off this podcast at this point. So it's really just something that we try to do in our spare time outside of work. And so I really appreciate all the positive feedback. It does keep us going. And if you have suggestions or th- guests you want us to have on shoot us an email dclduo at gmail.com we do want to hear from you uh, and we love getting listener feedback so with that i do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week as always we really appreciate each and every one of our listeners if you have not subscribed to the podcast please hit subscribe in your favorite podcast players you can keep getting great content from the dcl duo each week Please also leave us those five-star reviews. We love hearing listener feedback and we love reading them on the air each week. So head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a community of some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Just browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo. And we're definitely going to have a video coming out from our trip to Alani. We've been taking a lot of videos. <laughs> just got to take the time to organize that and get it into something that's fun and consumable. So head over there, hit subscribe. More videos coming from us as we start to vacation again. If you'd like to support the show, you can browse to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, Disney Cruise Line vacation, really any vacation. Head over to touringplans.com slash travel and they can help you out. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you and it'll help support our show. You can also head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and join one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons. We love reading their names on the air occasionally. So head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo. Check out our support tiers. It really does go a long way toward helping us support and and put out the show every week. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.